Unstoppable Success Radio, episode 337. I'm Kelly Roach, and you are listening to Unstoppable Success Radio, the podcast for achievers, believers, dreamers, and doers who want to build a profitable, sustainable business around a life of purpose, fulfillment, freedom, and family. Now let's get down to business. Welcome to Unstoppable Success Radio. I am your host, Kelly Roach, and I am thrilled to have with me my special guest of the week, Susie Moore. Susie, welcome to the show. Kelly, thank you so much for having me. It's so awesome being on your show. Oh, I'm, I'm so thrilled to have you here. So let me tell you guys a little bit about Susie. Not only has she been featured on the Today Show, Business Insider, The Huffington <laughs> Post, Forbes, Time, Mind, Body, Green. Uh, she's a resident life coach and columnist for Greatest. Her insights have been shared by thought leaders around the world. Some of them, of course, you know, like Ariana Huffington, Paulo Coelho, uh, Spanx founder, Sarah Blakely. But she sold her her company for $405 million. And she's just in the process of launching, just launched in the last month, her first book, which we're going to be talking about a lot here today, What If It Does Work Out? She's an advisor to high growth startups in Silicon Valley and New York City. And she's a life coach that specializes in helping life curious professionals find their passion, make an impact and a fortune doing it. Susie, welcome to the show. Thank you, Kelly. Gosh, what a nice introduction. Man, man. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I have to say, too, that the, the company that I, I mean, my background is definitely in startups. That's why I love small businesses so much and speaking specifically about them and tips and tricks about them. And the company that I sold, I helped build for, uh, for I gosh, I think it was, yeah, almost four years altogether. So the startup life never ends, I think. Yes, right? it's, yes. It's always going, going and hustling, hustling. Yeah, no, that's amazing. Well, I, there's so much here that I want to talk about. You have an incredible background. You've had an unbelievable career. So I'm just, you know, I'm thrilled to have you here. And uh, I just want to start pulling out as much as we possibly can that can help our listeners that are on their entrepreneurial journey that want to, you know, go faster and, and be smarter on their path. So let's talk a little bit about the 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 things that the people that are building their empire right now need to be thinking about as they mm -hmm. build that are going to create a sellable company, um, like some mm -hmm. of the startups that you've worked with that are kind of the, the tenants of a great brand that has the ability to move like that. Mm, yes. I think there are a few things that define a great startup and a great business. And often they're the unsexy things. <laughs> so, uh, often when we think about, you know, a business and having a cool brand, you know, making a splash, we think it's all about, you know, sometimes how it, how we look and how everything's presented and how glossy it is. Whereas I think some of the, the, the basic principles of running a great business from the get-go is managing your margins from day one, like being really, really aware of what's coming in, what's going out. In fact, because now I work with largely side hustlers, uh, I always explain very clearly in the beginning that set, like revenue doesn't equal profit. Absolutely. So, Yes. <laughs> and, and even if someone's like, oh, I got a, you know, seven figure launch or a multiple seven figure launch, it's like, but how much of that are you taking home? Like after everyone's paid, after your team's covered, after all your expenses are, you know, paid out, what is it that you have left? And when we really do put profit first, when we really consider what it is that we get to keep after any, you know, product launch, service launch, 
whatever it may be, um, having a profit first in your mind is very, very critical. And then also you have to scale with time. You know, sometimes I see one of the biggest reasons some small businesses fail is that they just scale very, very quickly. People, they overhire, they throw a lot of money at growth. And the principle really that I've seen that, that works is really bootstrapping in the beginning, doing it your way, milking everything you can out of every person that you have. And you as the business owner, being a salesperson, right? Going out there, doing your thing and not relying on other people. Mm-hmm. No, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I think everybody um, has that that pie in the sky idea of the money, you know, being infused mm-hmm. in their business and, and shooting up to these high levels really quickly. But I mm-hmm. think a lot of the value in building a company of substance that can stand the test of time is through that growth process. And when you're playing, mm-hmm. you know, with house money, you know, you don't maybe mm-hmm. make the sensitive decisions the right way you know, that you would mm-hmm. if you were bootstrapping, right? It's a little bit different. Yes. Um, yes. Let's go back to one of the comments that you made, which I think is really important. And I think it's so important for people to hear that bigger is not necessarily better. It really comes down to what's underneath the hood, right? Um, because, oh, yes. You know, you can have a $10 million company and a $1 million company, and it may be that the $1 million company is five times more profitable than the $10 million company, right? <laughs> Unfortunately. Yes, yeah, exactly. In fact, I was um, I was coaching somebody who has, I think he said like a two, two to two and a half million dollar business and her margins, her take home is 10%, right? I mean, that is very, very low. If you think about it, imagine if you have a, a, a two, like a $200,000 $200, company per year and you're keeping all of it. You know, keeping most of it, it's like what, like you have to really think about what, like what, what, what's in it for you. What are you, what are you keeping, and what can you keep investing? So, yeah, I think like uh, there's often like a big shiny pull to like have big numbers and to talk about your big numbers, but really, it's it's really about what's behind the scenes that matters. And and very early on too, even when you're making money in your business, to take to save that money to invest in other ways, to buy an apartment, like to do whatever it is outside of your business too, that'll give you security. Yes. No, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And, you know, obviously we didn't come here to talk about this, but I think this is so relevant for our listeners. So I just want to spend one more minute on it before we move on. Let's talk about margins for a quick second, because I I think that far too much talk about revenue, far too little talk about profit margins. And, you know, obviously the margins that are going to be healthy for a business are going to be different dependent upon the business model, the industry you're in, that type of thing. But why don't you just throw out some general guidelines for our listeners? I mean, you've been a part of startups being built, being sold, um, the the highs, the lows, and, and across multiple different business types. So can you give our listeners some parameters to go home and think about when it comes to, hey, hey, wait a minute before you make that next big investment for growth, you know, let's really check, you know, where do you fall on this spectrum? Yes, absolutely. Such a good question. So like you said, it does vary based on if you have a product-based business, you know, how big your team is and so forth. And sometimes there can be some upfront costs, but at least half. You want to be keeping at least half. <laughs> so every dollar you make, you so for every dollar you make, you want to be keeping fifty cents. Because remember, there are taxes, there's life, there's everything. So if you're spending ten k on something, you want to be making at least twenty k back from that. And that overall is a general great rule. 
I think that is a great rule. I I love that. And I think we live by that. And, you know, you keep mm-hmm. yourself out of trouble. You know, I've been mm-hmm. talking to my team a lot about, you know, one of our, you know, big focuses starting off the year in, in January and February is boosting and, and increasing the amount that we're putting away each month in the company emergency fund. And I think <gasps> these Excellent. are one of those things that no one thinks about and no one talks about. It's all about, you know, the tactics, the strategies, the webinar, the, the Instagram, <laughs> the going live, the Snapchat. <laughs> Right. What about the emergency fund? So, you know, if something goes wrong so that your company doesn't go under. No one's talking about that. It's not sexy enough, I guess. Right. I know it's not sexy enough. And that's why it's also great to be creative in your business in terms of how you make money. So, for example, I built my email list over the last, you know, like two, three, four years um, through guest posting. Right. Everyone else is using Facebook ads only. And so if I guest post on Business Insider or if I guest post on Fast Company or Marie Claire, I'm getting subscribers essentially for free for the, the fun it the fun it takes and the time it takes to write an article. Yeah. So that's also like I mean there there are very strategic fun creative ways too you that you can attract people into your business. For sure. And I think, you know, the bottom line is if you're willing to get out there and you're willing to do the legwork, you know, with live streaming or guest posting or whatever the case, speaking, right? If you're yes. willing to get out there, you know, you're going to start, you know, building and, and creating that audience. And, you know, paid ads, yes, one strategy, one stream, very important. Yeah. But certainly mm-hmm. an over-reliance can get you into huge trouble, right? With the Facebook algorithm yes. changes every other day, you know? Yes. Oh, exactly. In fact, I've seen a couple of chat bits of chatter in different groups where people are like, oh my gosh, Facebook ad costs are getting so high. And if that's your sole lead source, then I'd be a little worried about that. You know, like a one yes. way to attract leads. So always like diversifying, looking at other ways of doing it. You don't have to copy everybody else. You can think about other methods and strategies. And when you like spend some time on thinking about it, you realize that there are lots of different ways yes. to grow your business. Yes, no, absolutely. And so we talked a little bit about, you know, the the profit, the margin, you know, really boot strapping in the beginning. I think these are all such critical things for, you know, all of our listeners, my unstoppable army to be hearing today. So thank mm-hmm. you for that. Um, mm-hmm. And, and you know, with these companies that you sold, like, what would you say were some of the key commonalities that helped mm-hmm. them to rise quickly, build fast, and then be in a position to be sellable? It's, that is such a good question. And I've spent a lot of time thinking about this and advising others on this too, because it's almost like the, you know, the, the, the most important question, like what's the difference between a company that, you know, that, that goes bust, that folds versus a similar company, you know, seemingly doing a similar thing that has a great exit or an IPO. And not everyone also wants to do that, right? Sometimes we just want to keep our business right now. I have a great self-funded business. I love it. It's how I want to maintain it. But the one thing that I do, that the, I guess the main principle that I've learned is that you can do the ordinary thing extraordinarily well, right? It doesn't have to be some new amazing technique or some amazing you know, breakthrough thing that has to happen. You can really create a great product. I mean, again, this, this isn't sexy, but it's like you create a great product, you release it, right? It, it does great because it's this awesome thing. And then you grow your audience and you repeat that. Mm-hmm. That's it. Everyone else is distracted. They're like, oh, what, what's he doing? What's she doing? What are they doing over there? I mean, it's if you're focusing on other people, you're constantly going like two millimeters in lots of different directions versus staying in your lane, running your own race, as Oprah says, and just doing what you do really, really well. There's so much to be said for that. And when you think about it, it's like, I think if, if you think about some of the, the best companies, like Spanx, as you mentioned Spanx, Spanx, you know, creates this you know, the amazing hosiery, right? Yeah, it expands a little bit here and there, but that's what 
they do. Like Wrigley's Lee's creates chewing gum. They don't also create, you know, Coca-Cola and other, you know, uh, uh, other products. So like doing your, staying in your lane and doing your one thing really well is enough. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think not over investing time or energy in mm-hmm. worrying about what other people are doing. Because oh, I think the yeah. more that you're absorbing what other people are doing, the more you have a tendency to do me too marketing, which never works, mm-hmm. right? Like who wants to be mm-hmm. the person that's doing a variation <laughs> of what someone else is doing? Obviously, you're already placing yourself as second best, right? Instead yes. of allowing yourself to breathe. You know, one of the most important things I think I've learned with my company is to really look outside of my industry and and not focus on what other people in my space are doing because the second that you do that that influences what you're doing and then it actually deteriorates from your own creativity and your ability to stand out because you're doing something that you designed that came from your own instinct and intuition and and brain versus letting someone else's kind of sludge you know melt over what you're doing yeah yes no absolutely sometimes that's tough right because you always kind of like want to do a little bit of research and it's always fun to see what people are doing but it's when we just, I mean, if, if you have, you know, two or three products in your business and you're not making the money you want to make, right, in terms of like, oh, I want to scale to this or that, don't create a new product, right? Mm-hmm. Don't think, oh, it's because my product, like if you've had some success with the product, it's probably because you just need to, and, and you want to grow it, you just need to grow your audience, right? You need to yes. grow your exposure to that product, not, oh, I want to create something new because I saw somebody has this amazing program around, I don't know, whatever. So it's like just staying in what it is that you're doing, focusing and just, I, I mean, again, like it's not terribly exciting. You know, every day is this whole amazing adventure, but it's like just staying at it, like just remaining where you are. I mean, there's so much to be said for just perseverance and keeping like keeping going. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I actually had the conversation yesterday. It's like, you know, there, there's billions of people in the world, right? So you have a product and mm. you've sold it to a hundred oh, people. Yeah. I don't think mm. you need to go create another product. You need to go find more people to go sell that product to, right? Yeah, I was just promoting somebody else's product recently, and that person made four thousand sales, right? Four thousand units of their program, which was a lot, and it was you know, certainly a great, a great like launch. But four thousand is still nothing, mm-hmm. right? When you think, mm-hmm. like you say, when you think about the universe, you think about like who can be impacted. And look, he could be like, you know, four thousand is great. I'm ready to create my next product, and I'd be like, no. Mm-hmm. Like you get to get to ten thousand, twenty thousand, thirty thousand over time because you have something real, right? Right. No. And that's, that's such a great lesson and an important, you know, conversation to have with our listeners, because I think people always feel like they have to be creating something new, but what they don't realize is they've touched so few people with what they already have, that that's going to be a much more meaningful use of your energy than creating something where you're once again, focused internally, you know, for Mm -hmm. months and months creating versus externally exchanging and and adding value and, and making sales, right? Oh yes, absolutely. And also that, that can give you great relief. You can be like, you know what, you've had, you've done enough you're you're like your creating is like can be done for a while it's just about growing and expanding and being creative in terms of like hacking and finding new people and finding new partners or you know whatever it may be it's like but your work your product creation whatever it is is done yeah no that's (laughs) hallelujah yeah no I think that's such a relief for people to hear that Uh I I absolutely love that we're having this conversation Susie because I think people really need to hear it so you guys heard it here listen to Susie Um, (laughs) so I really want to talk about your book here I know that you really 
really help people to like figure out, you know, where they're going, what they're doing, you know, how they're going to make an impact and make money doing it. So tell us a little bit about your new book. So my book is uh, basically about, I mean, it covers lots of different things, but in some people, you know, describe it as just a personal development book, but the, like, the premise of the book is how and why to start a side hustle right now. And so the people I'm largely speaking to are the people I used to work with, the people I know, the people who come to me for coaching, the people who come to me just generally in life and want to talk because they hate their job, they feel stuck, and they feel like there isn't really another way. And so I know that side hustling is just such a win-win situation in your life because you start a small business while you're working and you keep all that you keep your paycheck keep your benefits you keep all the kind of bells and whistles that you know, a job does give you and then you get creatively fulfilled get your sea legs and start rocking and making money on the side you get to test your entrepreneurial idea you get to build up skills just using your evenings and weekends and it gives you tremendous freedom tremendous ownership and this gorgeous sense of kind of clarity and even taking your life back. If you're one of the, it's now 87% of Americans who don't feel engaged at work. Mm -hmm. So it's a very depressing statistic. But uh, the women that I tend to, who, who tend to start side hustles, you know, under my guidance, are women who are largely in their 40s, 50s. They're clever and ambitious and they're successful, but they're just, they just, they know that there's more. They know that there's more for them. So, I mean, it is a crying shame if these women, men, anywhere, any age, aren't using their skills and talents in the ways that they, they can be. And side hustles give you that incredible freedom. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I love that you're talking about that. And, and I think you know, I think it's the best time in history to start a side hustle for sure. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, for, for millions of reasons. Um, but I think it also works in the reverse. I think a lot of entrepreneurs quit too soon, don't have money oh, yeah. coming in, um, really yeah. struggle to make the right investments in their business. And, and it's why a lot of dreams fail. So I think that part of your message there too, Susie, should be to entrepreneurs that are already out there. It's okay to work part time while you build your business. Oh, it's okay, oh my gosh, Kelly. right? Mm -hmm. Oh God, do you know? And I think the biggest reason for that, the biggest reason that I 100% agree with what you just said, is when we have a business and we're not making the the revenue consistently that we want, we make decisions out of fear. Yes, right. We make decisions from a place that isn't good. The outcomes don't aren't great. Whereas if we make a place, a decision out of a place of feeling secure, right? And feeling, oh, this is a decision made out of creativity or it's made out of love. That's very, very different to like, I need to make money this month. I need to sell something. I need to, you know, do something. Versus like, you know what? Everything's rolling in nicely. What, what's next? What, what feels good? What, what's the best natural, like na natural next step? So yes, it's absolutely okay. I applaud and salute like many people who, are, who have their business rolling and they still have a little side job or they still have some other thing they're doing. In fact, I see a lot of people still consulting in the old field that they were in. And that's a great way to kind of also hedge your new business. So there is absolutely no shame in that. There is like tremendous power in that. And that is something that you definitely want to consider if you want to feel like this sense of certainty and security and this power over your business and your decision making in like in the next year. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I think both ways, um, it's so empowering, you know, for people that are working full time to start because they have an opportunity, as you said already, to explore and have fun with it and be creative and feel empowered and start building mm -hmm. something, but also to figure it out like, well, it's not 
not risking your entire life savings, right? It's not risking your family's future. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, let's be practical. You know, it's like, there, there are many things that we can do. We don't have to be absolutists. We don't have to, you know, harm ourselves for the sake of feeling like, you know, we're really courageous and taking a risk. I mean, ah, Capricorn Kelly, like I, I like to hedge things. I'm very, very, uh, uh, considered in my decision making. And so it's very important for you to feel safe, for you to feel secure and to feel just empowered in your life day to day and not to feel despair or desperation because nothing good comes from those emotions. So, Hey, do what you like, do what you got to do, right? I mean, often people juggle lots of different things in their business and even people I know, they have had their online businesses for a while and they still take one-on-one clients, even though that isn't the, you know, hasn't been their goal for a while, they still do it because they all, you know, they stay connected. They make great money doing that. So you can always diversify and do different things. And there are no, any walls, that you have or ideas that you have that you can or can't do certain things they're completely made up you can do exactly what you want that's going to serve you yeah no I couldn't agree more wow well the book sounds fascinating um where can people go to get their copy of the book I definitely want to make sure we share that with everybody yeah so it's called what if it does work out how a side hustle can change your life and it's available everywhere books are sold so wherever you go to buy a book you you can grab a copy That's amazing. That's amazing. So let's talk a little bit about your career here before we wrap up, Susie. I mean, you've had unbelievable success. You've done a lot. You've been all Mm -hmm. over the place. You've been highlighted (laughs) in, you know, some of the top organizations and and associations in the world here. You know, what do you think have been, you know, some of the top keys for you? Like what have been, you know, some of the tenants of success in your journey? So uh, I started my career in recruitment. And if, if, you're not familiar with the recruitment industry. Recruitment is essentially a very hardcore sales job, right? Because it just, it means matching uh, employers with candidates. And it's very, very competitive because really there's no barrier to entry. So that really got me started working as a salesperson very, very early. And I know that, I mean, I love what Mark Cuban says about sales. He says, sales cures all. Yes, right? so, I couldn't agree more. <laughs> yes, yes. So in your business, people spend so much time, Kelly. They're like having the perfect template, having the perfect back end, having the perfect operational funnel. And look, those things are important, yes. But when you make a you know, decent amount of money, you can hire a lot of that stuff out. Like with money, the, the solutions can come. Yes, right? true. So don't, we don't want to procrastinate on the back end of stuff when really it's our job as entrepreneurs to be growing awareness for what it is that we're doing, having buyers, you know, getting the revenue. So I started out in recruitment, which was such a great training ground. And then I moved into advertising technology selling. And then I worked at th- uh, four, four different startups that all had various exits. The last one being the most significant, and I helped it, I helped build it early. And the ones who kind of really had the exit that they wanted and had the growth, made the impact that they wanted, they were just focused. Mm-hmm. There's definitely a difference between like a scattergun approach in a business and, you know, always being open to new ideas versus just staying focus like focus is hard for me sometimes too because I like to just think and dream and like everything excites me but I actually have a uh on my vision board just this word focus Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) because because when you when you just kind of stay like stay the distance remember what your goal is remember what it is that you need to do like to get there then also focus in itself can feel exciting you know because you stay you stay on track and you feel like you're on track so if you're as a leader too like if you have a team you it's up to you to also keep your team focused and constantly remind them of what the end game is or what success is. And often it's just doing the same things over and over day to day. 
Couldn't agree more. And and focus is power, right? I mean, it gives you yeah. power to control your outcomes. And I mean, that it's one of the hardest things to do in today's day and age. And <laughs> yeah. A little bit of focus goes a really long way, for sure. <laughs> It really does. And like, again, I mean, it's, it's so funny, the more and more people I speak to, and the more people I kind of, you know, connect with who are in this kind of online field, or really any field, they are really just kind of focused on their one or two things, right? The one or two things that they that they're building. And it's, uh, it, I mean, it's not dramatically exciting, you know, like day, day to day. And you there are certainly limits when you focus. But I tell you, there's tremendous power in it. There is just tremendous. It's almost like if you think about it, if you're driving, and you're stopping and zigzagging here and there, you'll get to your destination maybe, right, or, or later, versus like going in your one direction consistently. And it also, it doesn't even matter how slowly you go so long as you don't stop. Yep, yep, agreed. No, that's great advice. That's great advice. So any parting words or final things that you want to share with our audience? How do they connect with you? Where can they learn more? All of that good stuff. Yes, so my website has everything, information about everything I do, and it's www.susie-more.com. And I recommend signing up for my free weekly confidence injection. Uh, I release those every Sunday because we all need a confidence boost, right? Because really managing our energy, insulating ourselves from anything that can, you know, distract us or bring us down is very, very important. So I write a lot about confidence specifically uh, week after week. Love it. Love it. Absolutely love it. Susie, I want to thank you so much for taking your time to be on the show today. And Unstoppable Army, I'm sure you guys got so much out of this, some things to reflect and think about and take action on. I want to thank everybody for being here. And if you can think of even one person that can benefit from from all the great stuff that Susie shared here today. Make sure you share this episode along. Sharing is caring. Thank you guys so much for listening. And until next time, I want to remind you to dream big, take action, and don't stop until you make it happen. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to Unstoppable Success Radio. And if you're not already a member of my private email community, I want you to text the word IGNITE to 44222. Text the word IGNITE to 44222 to get all the resources, trainings, swipe files, and tips I only share there. If you're not already a member, all you have to do is text IGNITE to 44222 to get in on all the action. Thanks so much.